Now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Thank you, Mark Larson in Southern California. Welcome to another Sunday edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy, and we've got a great show lined up for you tonight. I know this day has been full of some sad news, so we appreciate you coming aboard. We're going to have some fish stories. We're going to be talking about fishing tonight. It is going to be a lively, fun, informative show, so we appreciate you coming aboard with us and staying with us for the whole two hours. Hey, before we get things underway, though, let me just give you an idea what's going to be happening with us. With me live in the Palatial Anglers Arsenal Studios <laughs> is our longtime friend, Captain Ron Baker. Yeah. Captain Ron, how you doing, sir? I was just, yeah, I was thinking this is like old school week. We got Wendy, we got Stan, we got you and me. Uh, what do you think, Stan? Yeah, I think this is pretty good, Ronnie. This is going to be good. Again. <laughs> we can't have fun tonight. We can't have fun. We hey, quit. <laughs> and then also, also uh, Stan has invited a special guest with us. Man, they talk about a fish story. Scott Dip uh, D. Gillespie is with us. He's got a story that you're going to want to hear tonight. He's going to be with us right out of the gate. But before we get everything going, let's introduce to our listening audience the co-host of Ron Real Radio. First, this man is the voice of 1-800-BASS-BOAT and a pretty darn good fisherman in his own right. Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, howdy. I'm doing well, John. Howdy, everybody. Hey, it is, it is a good night, and man, what a great week, a great month to be fishing in the salt water. I don't think it's going to be getting any better. Uh, maybe it will. Maybe I those fish will. will bite more. Yeah. Hey, let me also introduce to you the other co-host of Ron Real Radio. She is the national sales manager for Eiserline, and she is a great outdoor enthusiast in her own right, too. Miss Wendy Toshahar. Wendy, how you doing? I'm doing great. It sounds like a reunion to me. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> it is. It is. Hey, well, Captain Ron is going to be with us for the whole hour, so he'll be jumping in and out during the reports, and then we'll be speaking more Ron, to Ron a little bit more in the second hour. But let's get right to our first guest. Uh, Stan brought this to my attention first, and then talking with Captain Ron, he was telling me that these guys are tied up right next to him. But, Stan, you brought a special guest with you. Why don't you take it away and introduce him to our listening audience? Will do. I am, uh, I am proud to say I get to fish with some of the best guys around on my um, charters. I have got just excellent talent that goes with me time after time, and and uh, 
this, the guys that were out last night or yesterday, I get the call in the afternoon and started getting text messages and pictures of just an incredible catch um, with uh, Jason Reese on the, on the uh, high count. Um, some of my guys got with Jason, who is uh, one of the second tickets on the Intrepid, and Deckhands, uh, Ryan Crandall, and Alan. I can't remember Alan's name. Alan Faye. Okay, Alan Faye. Hell yeah. Hell um, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, some of my boys chartered uh, Jason's boat, and I got one of them with us tonight, Scott D. Giuseppe. We just call him Guns. Uh, for short, not because he <laughs> likes to shoot, but he does, but he's got big arms, but, you know, and he can pull on them. But, Scott, welcome to Rod Real Radio, buddy. Thanks, Dan. Well, you had a pretty incredible little trip. You and uh, Alex Romans, your brother Tom, and uh, Bob Riddell, all, all guys have, have fished with me in, for years here. But tell us a little about your story, man. It's pretty incredible. Well, we uh, I've been out on a few of the party boats looking for the big uh, the big bluefin, and I went out on the uh, Pacific Queen, and unfortunately we got skunked, but I saw about how they were catching the fish. They were running up on the schools and throwing poppers on them. We thought our best bet would be to charter our own boat and go with four guys that knew how to fish, and we would stand the best shot at getting maybe a 200-pound tuna on a three-quarter day range. So we, uh, we chartered the boat at a Point Loma, and we, we headed out, and we ran up on a couple schools, and they sank out. And uh, then Ryan got his first fish, and it was about a 115-pounder on a popper, on a long rod. And he made quick work of that, and we got it in. So we thought we kind of had it under control of what we needed to do with 50-pound line. So the next stop, we made a couple stops, but the fish sank out. And uh, the next stop, all four of us got bit on the popper. On a, on a foamer that stayed up and wanted to play. Yes. And we were all on long rods with 50-pound test, and these were 200-pound class tuna. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. all, all four guys get bit on a popper on one, on one stop. And, and I heard Bob had a backlash. And by the way, people, when you get a backlash and there's big fish around, don't try to pull it out with your fingers in the loop. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but Bob, but we, got we broke, heard that Bob, one. Pop. You had you had three <laughs> of these big fish on all at once. Yes. Yippee! Yes. <laughs> and yeah, and then it was just Katie bar the door. Here we go. <laughs> so and, uh, you and Alex and your brother Tom have these fish on, and now you got three, which ended up to be three fish, all of them 200-pound plus. Yes. Oh, this is yes. A, a story that everybody in the, on the West Coast wants to have because there's been damn few of these fish that have been landed. I mean, they've been stuck but not caught. So now you got three of them on board, and now you're doing the dance. This is a 44-foot Pacifica that Jason runs. It's 44 by 15 and a half feet, basically. And you're running up and down those side rails and around the bow, which is pretty skinny, with 200-pound fish holding on a 10-foot rod <laughs> and 50. <laughs> yeah, our chances weren't that great, and we didn't think. But we didn't really know what we were up against. And then... Um, Mine was through and into the gills, 
but we had a uh, we had tied eighty pound fluorocarbon leaders onto the fifty, onto the just a short uh, just for abrasion. Yeah, and, well, that was uh, smart. Yeah, <laughs> that was probably the smartest thing we did because that was probably <laughs> the heaviest part of our gear. <laughs> well, the ten foot rod was that at that point in time became your the worst part of the deal, kinda. But go ahead, you landed your fish. You had a, uh, an HX on yours, so you had a. Uh, two-speed, you probably and it was hooked in the gill, so it bled out a little bit quicker, and you landed him? Yes, and then I was able to uh, get a quick rest and then help everybody else. And my brother Tom was on an LX, uh, an Avid LX, and he was, he, was bat- he was in a pretty good battle. He had it to color I don't know how many times and had it to gaff numerous times, and it... And it, it took a run, and they were gone. And then, you know, hold on for another 15, 20 minutes. You got it back, and then it would just, it, it, it did that several times. Wow. And, um, and the whole time, that, uh, and Chase and, and um, Alex was on his fish also, so they were doing the dance. And so I was trying to help Tom with his fish, and the deckhands pretty much had it. So uh, Alex and I kind of teamed up on the second on his fish. The one that turned out to be two hundred and forty some pounds. Wow. Two hundred and forty three pounds on a popper with fifty a long rod. And tell him what really got it on. Yeah, he had a a Daiwa Saltiga. (laughs) (laughs) And we we had that thing pushed up to full because the drags were wearing down. You think we were finally. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit of heat, <laughs> and and we had that thing pushed up to full, and then we were able to um, stop the reel and get a couple more clicks on the on the on the drag to to bump it up a little bit more, and then we could we started to gain on it, but that was after two two plus hours. Yeah, wow. You know, Stan, I was down at Imperial Beach fishing halibut, and I heard this whole action going down on the radio. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, it was. I couldn't believe it because Jason and all those guys are really good friends of mine. Yeah, and, and they, they boat ties up right next to the Point Loma. You know, we talk yeah. all the time. God Almighty, I just, I just can't imagine. You know, my that's probably the greatest catch I've ever heard. Hey, Captain, Locals, Captain Ron, if it would have been me, you wouldn't have needed the radio to hear me. I would have been hooping and hollering. Hey, <laughs> hey, we're speaking with Scott uh, D. Uh, Giuseppe. Uh, he was fishing with Ryan Crandall aboard the uh, the High Count out of uh, Point Loma. And and Scott, tell us a little bit about the poppers because poppers have been in short demand over here for about the past 10 days. And then all last week, it seemed like the fish went down and the popper wasn't uh, effective. Well, what poppers were you using? What size? And, and how were you using them? We were using the 8-inch uh, poppers. And you could throw those out. I mean, I wish I would have had 80 pounds all the way on a short rod. Uh, we, were throwing them on, we, were, we were throwing them into the foaming schools. And then uh, most of the time, once they hit the water, they were big. Uh, did, I, I think I got a couple cranks on. Uh, I, I got a couple cranks on the one, and uh, and then it hit, and it came all the way out of the water. You know, you, to see a two hundred pounder come out of the water oh, and hit a popper is pretty impressive. <laughs> so, did it seem like color didn't matter? That what mattered was you being there and deciding to be on top of some fish that wanted to eat. I think so. I, I think it wouldn't really have mattered. 
you know, it, it was, you know, they were in a, in a bait ball and just in a frenzy to where they were foaming out, they were foaming out of the water. And then once they, once they hit the water and just a little bit of splashing, they hit it, they attacked it. Well, Alex said he made the cast, his popper hit the water, the fish came out of the water and jumped on top of it. He didn't even have the reeling gear hardly when he was on. Yahoo! Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Look, I, I looked down the rail and I saw everybody bit, and I thought, "Oh, we're going to be in trouble." <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, Scott. Last week, uh, uh, you know, we heard from Bobby Taft, and the week before that, there were a couple of weeks before that, Chuck Taft. A lot of people were catching these fish, and they were breaking off on the connections. We had Wendy talk last week, being our expert from Iserline on making that connection, but. But tell us when you're when you were fishing that line and you were putting that heavy eighty pound fluorocarbon onto something else. Tell us about the connection you were using. Well, I just did the standard cigar knot. Wow. Very well, you know, you're you're only going to pull you're only going to pull on fifty pounds. You're only going to put maybe thirteen to fifteen pounds on it on a normal situation. Of course, this is a little Abbey normal, yeah. uh, and you probably had it up to about twenty. But still, you know that. Depending on your fluorocarbon and your and the uh, the braid you're using, that's still a pretty good knot. Yeah, that worked. The the, the knot worked fine, and and the spectra to to mono, and I think the mono was very important also because it gave you that stretch that when the boat's pitching that you weren't, you know, you needed a little bit of stretch in the line there. But so, um, but but using the bob sands knot with your connection. That one really worked out well. So, okay, so you're, four, you're, you were fishing Spectra to mono. How much mono do you have on? I, I only had about uh, probably 40 yards. So you can make a cast with that. That's smart. And then your fluorocarbon connection to, from 50 to 80 was the Seaguar knot. Yes. And how that, long was that? That works. That how works long was better. that connection, uh, Scott? We only had like a, you know, so it didn't go through your guides. Yeah, probably a three foot connection. Yeah, that's an important. And one of the things that the guys in the tackle shop remind you, because everyone thinks, well, you know, let me put a long liter of fluorocarbon on there. And uh, first of all, when you're casting, you don't want it to go through the guides uh, because it is a larger knot. Well, as Scott said, that uh, that Royal Polaris knot or John Collins knot is a little smaller knot and is. If you wrap that thing, too, make sure that you wrap it that the spectra is on the outside of the uh, monofilament. And that way, when it does go through the uh, the guides, it goes through a little softer. That's uh, great. Now, Scott, tell me, uh, when you had these fish aboard, did it get crowded in that boat all of a sudden? <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> it's funny you say about making the small knot, because my spectra to mono knot passed through my guide so many times that it, it was it was so stressful every time it came back and forth and seesawed through your guides that it was like God I hope I hope it doesn't catch <laughs> no kidding <laughs> hell or you hope it's well tied yeah well see and great. the worst part is you know they're on that with the long rods these guys they're on their knees and the rod tip is buried into the water it's our there's nothing you can do on that you just sit down and turn the handle and hope the rod doesn't break because. 10 feet of rod, the rod tip is in the water on I don't care if you're 8 feet off the water, it's just that 10 footer is still in the water. Yeah, we, we destroyed Alex's rod. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott, bringing these fish into the boat uh, uh, was uh, Ryan, 
did he have enough foresight to bring more than one gaff? Yes. Well, you yeah, Jason's Weber. got a boatload of gas. <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't go out with one gas. <laughs> okay. And, and we did break one. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. That's great. Well, tell me, when's your next scheduled trip now? What, uh, well, first of all, what did you do with that much meat? Because uh, you get a lot of meat. Did you bring it to the processor, or, or what are you doing with all the uh, the fish that you guys got? Well, we ended up. we ended up, I hooked another one on another rod on the way back after that after the mayhem with the long rods we had hooked another fish and then on the transition from walking up from the front to the back we got a little bit of slack line and it spit the popper so we were actually trying to leap so we could meet um fisherman's landing processing yeah because they were going to meet the boat at 3:30 so we were basically on a 3 quarter day trip that was cut short and we had, we still had four fish on the boat. <laughs> and you were 13, you said you were 13 miles or 12 or 13 miles from San Diego when this yeah. hit. Yeah. Yeah. Right inside of the Coronados. You know what Jason said on the radio? He said, well, you won't believe this. We got four fish and we got to go home, go home because there's no room to walk. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Scott, let's get a, let's get a plug for you. What do you normally do for a living? And uh, uh, you know, uh, and if people want to take advantage of any services you offer, how's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, I'm a union electrician, and I work for Local 40, and I work at CBS Studios, and we uh, it's just a good place to work. So just yeah, and, and Alex Romans, who got the 243. He won the, the tuna challenge in Cabo last year and should have won it two, two times in a row. And he's a farmer up in the central California, and, and he works along w- beside their uh, Bob Riddell, who, who went with him, and, and uh, he, uh, he, he helps him with the fertilizing of the crops up there. And Tom, the DiGiuseppe's brother, is an attorney. Right. Now, uh, Scott, does... Uh... Does Ryan have uh, a website or a Facebook page that people can get a hold of him and check out the boat? Yeah. Well, got a, yeah, high count. It's on the it's on Facebook. They have a Facebook page, and I believe that they posted a lot of the pictures from yesterday. So if you get on the high count uh, sport fishing on Facebook, I can I believe you could see a lot of the action that was happening, and I believe he posted some videos too. Yeah. Okay. Is that H I G H or H I? H I. Eight high count. Yeah, it's on Point Loma's sport fishing website too. All right. Yeah. Well, Scott, I can't thank you enough for taking some of your uh, Sunday to be with us uh, and relaxing. Uh, you got blisters on your hand. Do you have to go to the chiropractor, or are you ready to go out again? <laughs> I'm ready to go out, but I, I need a little bit of a little bit of Ben Gay. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I know, Scott. I know we interrupted. Uh, he's having a sushi party tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what, Scott? I take my hat off to you because I caught a hundred pounder on a D eight one time in Guadalupe Island, and I'll never do that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we learned from our mistakes. Hopefully, you know, I, I was. I had that rod. The rod that he has, the rod that you just that Scott has. I took to Guadalupe, and it was a ten foot rod that Taddy had, and had. And I I fished it there, and I just got 
I got it handed to me a couple of times, and, and I gave it to Scott to try. He goes, man, I'd really like that rod. So I oh, sold it God. to him because I couldn't take the beating. <laughs> God, I can't imagine that. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, Scott D. Uh, Giuseppe, uh, thanks for relating to us on the fabulous trip you had with uh, Ryan Crandall on uh, high, uh, high Count Sports Fishing out of Point Loma. We appreciate it. I, I want to say it's a trip of a lifetime, but never say never because you're going out again and these fish are still out there. Yes, I'm going to try to make it out again. Uh, I know he's my, going with my me other brother wants to go. All right. <laughs> yep. hey, got, John, I've been fishing for 50 years. I've had my license for 50 years. That's the greatest local catch I've ever heard. It, That's what I said. Right? If you know what, if, if um, Alex, if, if they didn't have to pass the rods out going around the skinny edge of that boat back and forth, that 243 on 50 would be a world record, a line class record. Wow. That was the greatest catch I ever heard. Great dad. Yeah, me Scott, too. Thank congratulations. You. And again, thank you for being with us, sir. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. All and right, Stan, Scotty. Thanks, buddy. Thanks a lot for yeah, helping man. us get a hold of Scott, Stan. That was uh, super fun. Hey, we all got to take a break right now. Stan Vandenberg's with us. So is Wendy Toshar. Captain Ron Baker is going to be with us the entire hour. Stay tuned. Coming up next. What the heck is Phil thinking? We'll be with you after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at 
www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and to secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Real Radio Line. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. Man, if you missed that first segment of Rod and Real Radio, make sure to go to rodandrealradio.com. Hit the archive page and listen to it because Ron. Baker is with us tonight in studio here, and he says that was absolutely the most fantastic single catch that he's ever heard of, and uh, we talked about it and had a lot of fun with it tonight. Hey, well, Stan, that was true, Ronnie. I mean, I've never heard of anybody. I, I remember in, what was it, 98 or somewhere around there, maybe year, even earlier than that. No, it was before that. It was probably 88 um, when that... 800, 900-pound bluefin came through the, the area. I was fishing a marlin tournament. I was sitting in the, at, on the top of a 25-foot, 26-foot skipjack running the boat with Bob uh, Scandleberry. And he was back in the salon with Skip, his buddy, and, and we're fishing the marlin tournament. I went around the, the top of uh, Catalina, headed for the Osborne Bank, and a bunch of salary came out of the water. And within five feet of the boat, two of those 800, 900-pound bluefin came out of the water. Yeah. And and we're going, you know, that's the biggest thing, thing I've ever seen out there, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. as far as a tuna goes. You know, the purse has got good off Santa Rosa. Yeah. Oh, I know. Hey. That they netted that stuff back then, but, you know, this this stuff here, we've seen it. A lot of guys have seen that big stuff, not been able to hook it and get it on board. Um, these guys, I mean, they're all they're all long-range guys, and they all know how to pull. But And, they, and Jason, everybody on that boat, Alan... Uh, the whole crew, everybody, that was the perfect combination of guys yeah. that know how to do it. It was good uh, for sure. Hey, let's talk to a guy now that t- needs to tell us about a lot of other good things that have been coming out of the water this past week. He is the voice of PFL Radio with what the heck is Phil thinking? Phil Friedman. Phil, how you doing, guy? I am doing good, John, Stan. It's great to hear you. And my goodness, Ron, what a pleasure Hi, to hear your voice, my friend. Oh, glad you're on. Let's have some fun. What's going on? Oh, man. Yeah, let me tell you, there's all kinds of stuff. You guys have been talking bluefin tuna, these giant fish. They're really beautiful grade fish. I mean, the little ones are 60, 70 pounds. I never thought we'd, we'd uh, 
experienced something like that. We read about it from Zane Gray and authors like that, but we are experiencing some of the best fishing imaginable right now. And not everybody on board gets a fish. That is part of this whole thing. But, you know, I mean, it's like hitting the fishing lottery when you catch one of these big bluefin tuna, only your odds are so much better. I mean, seriously, whoever wins the damn lottery? Nobody. (laughs) There's an old saying, Phil, there's an old saying, many are called, but few are chosen. That is absolutely right. And, I mean, you go out on a boat and they get 12 big bluefin tuna, man, you're in the running. Again, I think really, really of high importance is tackle. You've really got to fish nothing less than 50 pounds. And, and kind of important also, if you're fishing the Spectre, it's a good idea to have uh, a pretty good amount of leader, like 100, 125 feet, something like that. It's a good idea to cushion that, that shot wow, yeah. or something like that. I think it's really, really important. But that bite is fantastic. The queen was big fish here the last couple of days. Several other boats, I know the three-quarter day boat, San Diego, looked at a ton of bluefin today. Last time we talked, they didn't have any. They had a couple of nice yellowfin. But, man, what an incredible sight that is and and i remember back in those days where those big 800 pounders were rolling around up there near nicholas i was out there one day and see that myself also so pretty incredible stuff also really incredible is what's going on at our local islands up here in the la orange area there is some squid moving into several islands there was squid made at san clemente island there was squid made at catalina island and man i'm telling you what scores we have here today thunderbird two Hundred seven yellowtail wow. over there. Clement today, fifteen to twenty-five pounders were in the mix. There was made to fifteen pounders. He had three white sea bass, a halibut to go along with that. Pacific Quest today out of Pier Point Landing, twelve guys, one hundred twenty yellowtail limits with two white sea bass, just under limits of calico bass, eight to thirty-five pound fish, a buck seventy-nine on the Freedom today. Tremendous fight going on there in the Toronado. He ended up down in the east area. He made squid. He had a good float on the squid, so he did want to leave that area. Here he is with kind of the lower score today. 18 guys with 35 big yellowtail and five big white sea bass. And, man, if that's one of the lower scores, I'll take that every single day of the week. If I were Ray Lagman, the guy runs the Tornado, I wouldn't have left that either. You have a squid float. You have that magnet that sucks all those game fish in there. And, uh, man, he's been very, very, very much on fire here recently. 40 pounds. They are biting it. 3-0 to 5-0 size hooks. Not a problem at all. And really excellent fishing. And uh, regarding the Toronado, he'll be going Tuesday night out of Pier Point. 150 bucks. Mention Phil Friedman Outdoors and take 30 bucks off of that. So I can save you a couple of bucks there. Boats at Catalina Island also doing quite well. Rudy Morgan, a friend of mine and the son of Sean Morgan, with a beautiful big yellow over there today. I... Heard from the Sport King, he had like 25 yellows. There's been scores up in the 60s and 70s on the yellows over there at Catalina Island. It's a mixed grade of fish, but a lot more bigger fish now. Some of that big grade yellowtail starting to get in there and on the bite with some decent calico bass fishing also. On the coast, mostly rockfish and sculpin. Some big areas of barracuda that haven't quite settled yet. They're getting harassed by all the sea lions and all of that. So it's been a little bit difficult to get that gar to really start chewing, but maybe here pretty soon we'll see that start to turn on as that barracuda is starting to move in, and that's really a great springtime signal, even though we're knocking now chronologically on the door of summertime. Uh, great white shark was seen over at Catalina Island. I know that's not big news anymore because we see them all the time, see them out in front of the house all the time, our beach 
was closed here in Surfside just a week ago or so. But this one was 15 feet. Al Schnippershoff is a really expert diver and a good friend of mine, and he told me that two groups of scuba divers saw that fish, and that's a big one. That is a mighty big white shark. Channel Islands, a little mix of yellows and sea bass and some nice halibut. You get the feeling that that light switch is going to go on up there. Tons of rockfish. We're looking down the barrel June 20th of a full moon, and several different types of fish like to or have a penchant to feed on the full moon, and one of those, of course, is the white sea bass, bluefin tuna, also seem to surge on that full moon. Blue marlin, not that we have any of those around, also like to bite on the full. But look out. It's a very, very volatile time as we move up on the full moon. And coincidentally, here on Thursday, the white sea bass limit will go from one to three on the sea bass. So look out on this next full moon. That could really get going. And this Friday, we have a special uh, Father's Day trip with just a few spots left. But that is on the boat Ara'an out of Long Beach, Brew 55, sport fishing, 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. I'll be there with my gringo ceviche and all kinds of snacks and raffle prizes. And we're looking forward to a really fun day, limited to 35. Everybody has a bunk leaving, going to Catalina Island, 5 in the morning and back at 5 in the evening. John yeah. and Dan and uh, Ron, I mean, really, you look at that bluefin that's going on down there in San Diego and down below the border, and it is phenomenal. And then you add to it this yellow bite that's going on at San Clemente. There's been some of it at Santa Barbara Island. There's been uh, some fish also at Catalina Island. It's been very, very good. And, boy, I'll tell you, 2016 is just another spectacular year. There's no doubt about how good it is. And now the only question that looms is how good is it going to get? Well, Phil, you know, that yellowtail bite that you were telling us up north there, did that explode? Because, you know, Captain Ron was telling me along the coast, all of a sudden there's been this explosion of anchovies and fin bait, and you're seeing more squid, you're seeing more fin bait. Are, are the fish finally really keying in on the fin bait, or is it because this Catalina Eddy is finally waning down a little bit, you're seeing a little more sunshine, or, or what's happening there that, that you think caused this explosion of fish? Well, uh, you know, Captain Ron's absolutely right on that, that fin bait on the coast. I think that's why we're going to see that barracuda. And that's why I still think we have a good shot at some albacore, that one fish that my great prediction, that doesn't even count. I'm looking for good <laughs> numbers of albacore. But that fish at the islands is all squid fish right now. There's quite a bit of squid starting to move in. Boats are starting to make the squid on a regular basis. They tank up. Ray did on the Toronado last night. Several other boats tanked up. And when you have that big magnet, and that's exactly what all that squid is, it's a food source for sea bass, for halibut, for yellows, and so many other species. It's that magnet that's drawing those fish in there now, and that is what is creating some spectacular, not only yellowtail fishing, but a little smattering of white sea bass right now, which I think could very much improve here in the next couple of days. And uh, it just seems to be that all the stars are colliding. You have the fin bait on the beach, you have the squid at the island, and you have some spectacular offshore fishing going on, really, really looking good. Well, Phil, tell me again, because a lot of people, uh, they want to go out, they might want to take advantage of this yellowtail bite. They, they, they may not be familiar with uh, some of the landings to go out of, out of L.A. and Long Beach, but you've got, again, a special trip going out on Friday where if someone has any hesitation, no one's going to hesitate going out with Phil Friedman. Tell me about this trip that you got going again on Friday. Oh, I could tell you a whole bunch of people that would hesitate, John. 
<laughs> They'd have to dial a different radio show, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> that trip is going to go Friday morning. And, and, you know, if you want information on it, you can go to PFO on Facebook, and it's one of the top posts, and then you click on it, and I did a little commercial you can listen to, and it tells you how you can sign up. You can go down to Big Fish Bait and Tackle, walk in the door, and pay right there. But it's going to go at 5 a.m. and return at 5 p.m. You have a bunk on board. We're limited to 35. Uh, we'll be serving snacks, kind of long-range style throughout the day, some fruit and donuts, and then my ceviche during the day. We have a bunch of raffle prizes, and, of course, we have staff there. Rick Puentes is going to be there. He's really a great guy, and he knows the fishing game so well, so he'll be there to tutor you. He speaks fluent Spanish in case any of our folks show up and speak Spanish, and I can muddle through myself. And it should just be a really fun and spectacular day, and that 5 a.m. departure gets us off the coast as early as any local boat, so that should be really good. And then, of course, if you want to jump on an island boat where it's been red hot, Coronado going Tuesday night, 150 bucks. Mention PFO and you'll go for thirty dollars. Let's go for a buck twenty on that yeah. trip on Tuesday or any of the nights. But yeah, John, I mean, great yellow action. I mean, up there, I mean, two hundred plus yellows today on the Thunderbird and the Freedom knocking at the door with a buck seventy nine and the Pacific Quest. What a day with hundred and twenty yellows for them. I mean, just outstanding mind-boggling type figures that we're seeing come in here today and uh man you got to thank your lucky stars about this tremendous fishing exceptional june fishing for sure phil now we just scratched the surface on some of the subjects and the topics that you get into and the special reports that you have if people want to try to keep up with you which is pretty hard but if they can do people want to keep up with you and get your reports and your blogs and listen to the all-Spanish uh, speaking show? How's the best way to go about doing it? John, you're very, very kind, as always. Hey, you know, the best way, go to Facebook PFO or Spanish Aventuras a la de Libre, two Facebook or two uh, uh, websites also, Aventuras a la de Libre .com or PFORadio.com. And, of course, we're on Instagram and Twitter and all the other social media. But the best way, go to go to Facebook, PFO or Aventuras a la de Libre, and uh, you can catch up on a lot of great stuff that's going on right now. Well, Phil, you've got a trip going on Friday. We want to hear uh, you know, all the details of what happened next Sunday night on Rod and Real Radio. We want to thank you very much for being with us tonight, and great report. And thanks again, buddy. John, thank you. Great pleasure. Ron, always good to hear your voice. And Stan, you're number one, man. <laughs> no, number two would be good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're listening to Ron Real Radio on either AM540 or at ronrealradio.com. Stay tuned. Coming up next, Captain James Nelson with a California Inshore Report. Stan, Wendy, Captain Ron, and myself will be back with you after these messages. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. 
Iser Line makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iser Line tools and accessories. Iser Line premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Southern California, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, now it's time for the Southern California Shore Report. With our man on the scene, the fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. Captain James, we also have Captain Ron Baker here tonight. Say hello. Hello, John and Captain Ron Baker. How you doing? <laughs> Great. How you, How you guys doing? <laughs> I give you an Imperial Beach report from yesterday. Hey, Pete. <laughs> Was it bumpy? Yeah, it was a little bumpy. <laughs> Let's just say there was no dew on any pumpkins at 7 in the morning. You know, that's what we found to stand even more amazing because, you know, Captain Ron's been going out there the past few days, and he says it's been rougher than a cob out there, and these guys went out and, and got those fish to bite in, in conditions like that. That's, that's another feather in their cap. That's because nobody else wanted to go out there. Oh, okay. No <laughs> there you go. Hey, so it, well, Captain you know, John, from our experience out there, John, you know, it, it seems to be better when that water's moving a little bit. You just got to put up with that. You know, I hate to say it. You know, I I like going out there when the, the weather's nice and fair and flat. But, man, we just don't seem to get bit as well as when it gets no. a, a little choppy out there. It, it just seems to be that way. Now, luckily, Captain Jim, you can have the uh, uh, the choice of fishing in the bay or fishing offshore and and right now, both places are great. How you been doing this past week? Oh, we've been doing great in the Bay, you know, but that, that South Bay area that we've been hitting a lot, it doesn't have all the buildings to protect you as much as, say, fishing downtown or around, you know, on the other side of Coronado. But uh, so, yeah, it's been pretty bumpy where we've been, too, a lot bumpier than normal. But the fish here have been biting. I mean, we've been lucky to have that, that tide swing where you start out in the morning, you got a little bit outgoing, about 30 minutes of slack tide at the most before it starts kicking in again so we've been getting real good real good tight swings and oh, we've great. just been taking advantage of it and have your customers uh, basically been asking you to fish more in the bay than you've been getting requests to go uh, outside yeah lately john i've been getting a lot of family trips or you know i get the the folks that are not as salty and uh they they just want to relax and just go out and catch fish and 
you know, with, between the sharks and the rays, we've still got something nice, big enough to pull to really feel good. And then we lighten up and catch those, uh, right now, the bay bass and the mackerel, even small barracuda are running through the bay, just eating everything that moves. Well, you know, we have uh, Captain Ron with us, and we're going to be talking a little bit about halibut fishing, plus anything else we can kind of fill the sack with in the second hour. But ha- have there been any signs of halibut inside the bay? We've been getting a lot, John. We've been getting a lot of halibut just as incidental catches. We haven't really been targeting them. So a lot of our incidental catches are, are going to run on the smaller, anywhere from 14 to maybe 24 inches at the most. But, yeah, we have been getting them. Oh, great. And and the back bay still, uh, bonefish back there for people that want to go back there? Yep, absolutely. We've been getting some bonefish. Not a lot. Again, I haven't had guys targeting them as much. You know, it's pretty much it's uh, we're fishing the bite more than fishing species. So, uh, you know, that's, we haven't been targeting them, but they still show up somehow anyway. We've gotten a couple on the on the small plastics and a couple on the shrimp just fishing. Now, Jim, you're, you're, we're getting a lot of kids getting off from school right now, and mom and dad or grandma and granddad, they, they want to take uh, the younger ones out. They don't have a lot of fishing experience. With When people come to you with this type of story, what do you nor- what kind of a trip do you normally craft for them? Well, that, that's a great question, John, and that's exactly what we do. Is we, at that point, that's what I'm doing. I'm shooting for the bay. I'm shooting for calmer waters so they don't have to worry about you know, the, the kids uh, getting too close to the rail, they could have a good time, relax. Mom doesn't have to worry about the fact that she's never been on a boat or not in a while. And, you know, they tend to worry about seasickness. And as you know, my boat doesn't have a head, so it's always nice to be in the bay where we've got restrooms that we could always dock up to. And uh, so the bay is just really good for that. Plus, if you don't care what you're catching, you just want to catch a lot of fish, maybe a lot of variety, you cannot beat that bay. Because San Diego Bay is there's over 20 plus fish that you could catch that eats whatever crawls, swims, or once did. So you throw something out there, you never know what you're going to come up with. You know, it's really nice because I know you take uh, a lot of repeat guests out, but also a lot of first time uh, uh, guests out with you, and they they have uh, uh, fishermen that haven't been out before, and uh, they may be not ready to go out on the half day boats or the three quarter day boats. Uh, uh, they don't know what to expect, and you know you can give them a half day trip where you know it isn't uh, that adventurous. But at the same time, besides the fishing in San Diego Bay, there's all kinds of great things to see. There is, John. You know, especially with uh, you know go on a weekday, and you get a lot more navy boat activity. You never know what kind of drills you're going to see between them and the Coast Guard running drills. You've got. All the various different uh, ships that go back and forth. The wind picks up. You got sailboats all over the place. You've got a real beautiful skyline, a bridge to look at, and you know, in between the fish, you've, you've got a lot that you could really take in. And for a lot of folks that come in from out of town, that's all part of the package to them. You know, it, it took me a while to learn that to slow down around the buoy that's got a sea lion on it, so they could take pictures. You know, it's stuff like that. That as a fisherman, we just we just don't don't even think of that you know it's, it's taken me uh you know doing this 10 years now and i think it's taken me about eight of those 10 years to figure that out <laughs> but, you know, you know, and like and, I said, as a fisherman especially in captain ron's end of the world you know, i think you want to see is a sea line but you know as soon as you get a guy up on the chum 
you're going to see them. <laughs> and you know, Stan, when I was commercial salmon fishing, I took a lot of pictures, too. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, a nice thing about going out with you, Captain Jim, is uh, especially for a guy like me, if the fishing gets slow, you always have all kinds of great munchies to kind of occupy my time in my hands if, uh, if there's no fish to be had. <laughs> yeah, those infamous bad jokes, right? <laughs> hey, and the jokes, yeah. Hey, uh, Captain James, if uh, you know someone wants to give you a call, grandma and granddad, or or mom and dad, uh, you know they got the kids that they want to spend some time with, want to take them out on a on a great adventure on San Diego Bay or immediate offshore area, or if you're coming into town for a meeting and you don't have any gear with you and, and you want to spend some time in our local waters. Jim, how's the best way to get a hold of you and, and find out what's on your schedule? Well, they could always reach me online at the website, vfishicon.com. Um, you could check out on Ron Real Radio. You guys got a great link plus the uh, previous shows, so you could always go back and listen to the previous clips and Get a link to the fish icon from there, or give me a call at 619-395-0799. All right, Captain James, thanks a lot for being with us uh, and uh, and giving a great report tonight. We look forward to speaking to you next Sunday night on Rod and Reel Radio. It's Father's Day, but we should have a live show for you. So thank you, sir, and uh, have a great week. Always a pleasure, guys. You have a great weekend yourself. Bye. All right. You know, We've been talking about with Captain James, uh, Captain Ron, with uh, the kids and getting them involved. And I don't, I don't know of any two or three people here in San Diego that have been been more involved in getting kids involved in fishing. Yep. And yourself with with the different events that you've run. And you've got another event that's going to be coming up in uh, a couple of weeks on Crystal Pier. Yep. Tell us what you're doing with the kids. Well, I do these tournaments. I've been doing them forever. I just. This last year at Lake Poway was my 21st year of doing it. It was a phenomenal event. We've added a Friday night camp out. And this now, coming up on the 23rd, I originally started with a grant from the from the Conservancy for the Fish and Game Violations. And now Frank Lepresti with Friends of Rollo helps me out and sponsors that on the pier. And it's a wonderful event. This will be our eighth year, July 23rd. It's all free. Fish tacos. We're going to have pizza this year lots of it's amazing the amount of fish these kids catch on the pier you know i used to think when i first started we would always salt the pier down two or three days before i'd get a bunch of anchovies and we'd cut them all up and we'd every day at a certain time of the year we'd time of the day we'd chum the pier but we don't do that anymore the kids catch lobsters and halibut last year we caught so many short halibut it was amazing well not only that you're fishing on crystal pier and Crystal Pier isn't normally open to the entire public. You, you it is open during the day. It is open yeah. today. It's kind of a privilege to be able to go out there on Crystal well, Pier. Yeah, well, that particular pier that day is closed for, just for the kids, and we don't go out there till eight o'clock. The gates don't open on the pier till about eight o'clock, and they have to shut down before dark because there's houses people rent those little apartments out there. And Jim is a great guy. He when I mentioned the fact of doing a pier uh, tournament he was all over it he loves it and it's just turned out to be the event you know and i originally started out with a grant and now i've got the town pretty much together and everybody you know everybody's into it i got this well funded you know it's, it's well captain ron tell us about the details how how does someone find out 
about when this is, where to go, and then more importantly, how to get their kids on the pier fishing. Well, just come down. There's a Crystal Pier in Pacific Beach. The gate's open at 8. I'd be down there about 7. And that date is? July 23rd. You can go on my website, takekidsfishing.net. It's going to be... On bloody decks, it's going to be in the edge and support set. It's it's just I don't know. They're just great tournaments, you know. It's just something that the kids and the we fill that pier up. I got that thing is full, so it's it's good. Now that's what you've done on the saltwater side, but on the freshwater side, you and the city of Poway have really uh, gotten together yeah. and put on that's one heck of an event. That's no, that's been a good one. We've been doing that forever, and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It's a wonderful venue. Lake Poway is a great place. They got, you know, in fact, you want to know a secret. I'm going to tell you guys a real secret. Remember back three or four years ago when when the whitewater hatchery closed and everybody was scrounging for trout for these put-and-take lakes? Sure. Couldn't get them. Well, we were sitting in the office at Poway, and we called the, the Nebraska Trout Farm back there about delivering trout. The guy said, I could do it. Couldn't be, nobody could believe that we could get trout from Nebraska. How'd you find trout in Nebraska? I wouldn't well, we just got on the Internet. Dave Richards and I got on the Internet and started just just trying to figure out a place for trout. If you don't have any fish, how are you going to do a tournament for the kids, you know? And it was, there was a few trout around. Everybody was scrounging, you know. And we talked to this guy, and he said, yeah, I could do it. I got an aerator and a tank. I could bring them out. So we came out and did it. But the real story there. And do you feel me, Stan? Yeah, I do, buddy. Yeah. Well, they, I told Dave Richards, I said, you know what? We need to have a nickname for these fish. There was a lightning trout. There was an arrow and all those trout. So we came up with the tailwater. Tailwalkers. And that, every lake in Southern California stocks from now, and that guy thinks this. I am the man. <laughs> you are, Ronnie. <laughs> so if you're fishing in a lake with Nebraska tailwalkers, you know, first of all, where the name came from, and number two, how anybody knew how to get those fish from Nebraska well, to here in Southern California. You know, the Internet is an amazing thing. Sometimes you just got to work at it, and that's how we got it. And, and now he comes out with a big semi. He hits three or four lakes at a time. Oh, my God. And first of all, it was just like, it was almost like a pickup truck, you know, a little bigger. Brought our trout, and it's just wonderful. It's a great trout. People love them. Great size. He always sends, a, he always sends some big brood stock. Yep. It kind of throws them in because it makes the weigh-in easy. You know, but but Ronnie, it's got to be a team effort, and you know you need a place to put these things. And I've got to tell you, the city of Poway has worked with you like right. almost no other yes. entity that I know of here in Southern California yeah, to Southern, accommodate yeah. fishing. That Greg up there, he's the best, and everybody that's been there. We've been there 21 years. It's been it's been a wonderful event. Mike Long helps me. Uh, host the event. It's, it's huge, you know. It's, it's and not huge. only that, now I think if mom and dad want to fish with the kids and that uh, they, uh, uh, you know, maybe that's the only time they go out fishing. Mom and dad don't even need a fishing license there nope. to fish. They can come up and fish nope. anytime. Nope. But, but during the kids' event, I make sure that the kids yeah. fish, you know. You, parents can help them the way encourage that, but if the kids got to reel it in. But, you know, it's all good. Those are wonderful events. Sometimes the rules are just have fun. And then yep. our good our good friends at Elkhorn Ford also Paul, helped you out, too. Paul Eater is the best. Him and Paul Dyke down there, they support my event. They've been there for, like, 19 years. Yeah, yeah. On, on, on your best year, how many hot dogs do you think you uh, served at that thing? I don't know. 
we we always buy about fifteen hundred. <laughs> I know on the Crystal Pier last year, because Jim now he opens the gate for the tour for the public to come out on that pier. Because something about a pier, if it's full of people, people want to go out there in a pier. It's something about walking out of the pier. So Jim kind of keeps the riffraff off, but lets all the tourists come out, and everybody comes out and gets fish tacos. Last year at that pier. We served 500 hot dogs and 1,480 fish tacos. Holy <laughs> Christopher. Hey, you know that what, Tommy uh, Gomes that helps you with that? Yeah, well, Tommy started it originally, and then he got kind of over it. He, was, he, kind of, he decided he wanted to go with Catherine, which was good. So then I got one of the local Mexican restaurants that did it. I get the fish. Sean at Pacific at, uh, at Fisherman's Processing gives me the fish. Tim Ekstrom and, and Brian Sular and all those guys, they... They donate the yellowtail. Hey, this is for Captain Ron's Derby. This is for the Derby. This is for the Derby. John processes them all. And we, I don't know. We just. You know, we want to let everyone know that, you know, this isn't a competition or anything like that. Captain Ron runs his event in July. The San Diego Anglers just had their kids fishing day on the, on the J Street Pier, I think. And that yeah. was a big success. And Catherine's Catherine event. Miller working with the Port of San Diego yeah. on the Shelter Island Pier. So It's all good, man. You know, there are opportunities to take the kids fishing where you don't have to spend yeah. anything. Yeah. All you got to yeah. do is just bring the kids, yeah. show up, and have a great time with them. Yeah. I, I got kids now that started in that tournament that are coming back with their own kids. Oh, great. You know, so that's really it's amazing to see it. You know, and I got one guy that comes down every year from Oregon. Wow! He won. He won a third. The third year we did the tournament, he won. And every year he comes down from Oregon just to help for that tournament. Oh man! Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we gotta take a break right now because that's the end of the first hour of Rod Real Radio. I sure do hope that you were listening because we had a great time in that first hour. But there's still more Rod Real Radio to come. You're listening to us on AM540 or at rodreelradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be back with Captain Ron Baker, Stan and Wendy, after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. 
H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. And thank you, and welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan Vandenberg's here tonight. So is Wendy Toshahar. Our special guest is Captain Ron Baker. Hey, you just heard from Dean Rojas, and we want to congratulate Dean. He came in eighth place in the 2016 Geico Bassmaster Bass Fest. Presented uh, by uh, Chowtow Casino and Resort on Lake Texoma. That event was run by uh, Greg Hackney. Greg Hackney had a, a three-day total of 66 pounds, two ounces. Won himself not only $101,000 in cash, but an automatic berth to the 2017 Bassmaster Classic. So, Greg, congratulations. Gene, congratulations also on doing such a great job. Hey, if you missed any of Rod and Reel Radio, you told us you can go to rodandreelradio.com and go to the archive page. We can, you can also find Rod and Reel Radio because it's now available as a podcast that you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of your favorite podcasting applications. Just search for Rod and Reel Radio and subscribe. You'll get notifications as soon as new episodes are available, or you can download past shows and listen anytime you want. So there's no reason why you shouldn't be keeping up with us at Rod and Reel Radio. And as I mentioned, our special guest here is Captain Ron Baker. And, you know, as we were alluding to in the first hour, Wendy, uh, Stan, and I, I think we just about all got our feet wet with Captain Ron Baker when it came to radio. Well, but why not? You know, Ronnie, I was trying to figure out the date when uh, when we first started was, I think it was 98. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been. Wendy, how about your... Yourself, I know you were working with Captain Ron, too, for uh, uh, a long while there in the beginning. Yeah, I think uh, I first started working with Ron and Stan in 1998 or 99. Yeah, she was well, a we, we wanted a, uh, a lady in, to be involved with this when Ronnie and I were talking, and, and we went to Irvine Lake, and I found Wendy 
running around down there. I said, here she is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Captain Ron, did you say Wendy was a screener or a screamer? I'm no, not exactly she was, sure. she was, <laughs> no, she was a she was a screener on the show and it did just a great job. She just I mean it was it was just good live radio, and people would call in, and the screen was up, and she was, like, on it. You know? I know. I did uh, my first interview with you live over there. Uh, uh, I, God, I, it could have been even before that, because I know I had uh, I bought Western Plastics in 1993, and I came aboard. We talked about plastic baits, and I yeah. can't recall the first time I was I don't remember when our you. first show was. I yeah. It was the 90s. That's all I know. Yeah. So, you know, Captain Ron, you... Little did you know at that time the careers you would be launching. Yeah, you know, I have a guy right now. My son moved up to Eureka. He works for Exxon, and he's a dispatcher in the Santa Barbara Channel for all those oil rigs up there. And he commutes every two weeks to work. He's in, he's in the drive right now. And, uh, yeah, that I got a guy up there that wants me to do a radio show from Redding to Portland up I-5 on four or five small little radio stations. Wow. Because that fishing up there is phenomenal. A lot of albacore, a lot of big halibut, salmon. They don't have those MLPAs. They don't seem to have as many restrictions. Nope. And there's no radio show, and he wants me to do it. So I got the remote gear. I I went up there at Christmas, and I talked to him. And I'm thinking our, our show is heard live on the University of Oregon campus. Great. But I don't think the signal gets much beyond the border of the campus. <laughs> but it is on the campus, the campus radio campus. station. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, Stan and Wendy, Senator, you know, we've all known Captain Ron for a long time. And, you know, it seems like Captain Ron has been around forever. And, Captain Ron, you were telling me that you have to go to renew your license. And what year is this going to be for your renewal? It's going to be my 50th year. Wow, buddy. <laughs> Good yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah. I'm going up there with titanium hips, and my hips are doing good. I don't everybody know that was a... Tremendous two-year rehab. I kind of went fishing between there, and I got it good. I'm doing good. I was using a cane for a while because I was worried about falling, but then I decided to throw the cane away because I thought it was keeping me from going that last 20%. I'm doing. I'm on the boat good. I got into a car accident a couple of weeks ago. I had somebody rear in the car behind me at a high rate of speed, and I kind of wrenched my back pretty good. And it, thank God I was in my old 84 pickup because otherwise if I don't, if I was in my samurai, I'd been an accordion for a polka band or something, you know? Well, yep. you know, Captain Ron, I know 50 years is a long time to go back and reminisce. But, you know, just, you know, everyone knows that you've been running, it seems like, the Point Loma for forever. I think you were running the Chabasco for uh, a little while. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved in this game altogether. Well, I started at Norm's Landing when I was a kid, you know. I was working for Jimmy Egan on the Real Special. I just got a job. There was a long line of pinheads, and then one day, I don't know, the deckhand didn't show up, and Magoo said, hey, you want to go fishing? Yeah, we'll pay you today. Really? He says, yeah, we'll pay you $8. Oh, my God. And you get a tip, you get a cut of the tips, too. Oh, my God. That's it. I was done. Well, were you, de- were you deciding at that time whether to go into fishing or to go into nuclear fission work, or, or what to, were you doing? I want you to know that I used to surf fish with a, on the, in the Northrop surf fishing club i love to surf fish grew up surf fishing and I, guys got me a job at northrop i was working at northrop making boeing airplanes and when the guy offered me the fishing job i ain't gonna hit no more rivets <laughs> no really that's when i went fishing and then i worked worked for helgren for years went up to oxnard with dick on the electra 
Then I went to work for Bob McMaster's on the old cat special, and I got my license, started running that boat. Well, tell me about being a pinhead back at Norm's Landing compared to the guys that are trying to break in to the sports fishing industry today. Different world. How so? Well, because there's a – first of all, there, there's no kids on the docks anymore. They don't see – but when I was a kid growing up, then there were, if you could be a pinhead on a boat, you were like in pole position because there was a 10 kids behind you that wanted your job. So you yes. better, am I right, Stan? You better bring your no. A game. That, that was the deal. You know, I wanted to just get on a boat and work a gaff. That was the deal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you could learn to fish. Yep. But the biggest thing, I think, and I tell these guys, is get to be streetwise because you get to be around a lot of people. And these kids nowadays aren't streetwise. But I want you to know that that Jeff Morad, who was a pottery owner for a while, then he's, they, they didn't, didn't vote him in. But his son, Blake... I've been mentoring him, and he's really doing good. And uh, he's a good kid. In fact, he, you know, I got a whole bunch of pinheads down there at the harbor, and they all got little boats now, and they're all out there catching on those big tuna. They all know how to do it. So that's it's pretty cool. Well, most of the, the guys, I shouldn't say most of them because I don't know them all, but a lot of the guys that we have a chance to talk to, not only the radio, but we know personally too, they they all started somewhere, and it was, it was pinheading. And, and a lot of the guys were pinheads on the boats that they now own. That's exactly right. I, I, and I've got five or six kids that are running boats down there that have licenses that came, came through me through Elgrins and stuff, you know. So i got a little kid right now. I'm in his mentor. It's good. My best friend Jim McHugh and his, his grandson, Little Joe. And last year he came out on his first tuna trip, and I found one of those dream patties, and it was a slam dunk. kid was nine years old, and he just reefed them. And so I felt... Yeah, he came out tuna fishing, and last year we had a lot of that smaller fish around, and it was perfect for the for the rent rods, beginners guys who wanted to go. Man, you got the right school, you were done. So, Captain Ron, if if a young man or a woman wants a career on a sports fishing boat, and they maybe want to start off as a pinhead or what, what what do they have to do now to to try and get on a boat? I've got two or three of them. That are working with me right now because just come down, come down and see me on the boat. Say, hey, you know, I'd like to try this out. I'll let you come. And just come on out, and you know, I'm not. You're not going to learn to pull the anchor. You're not going to learn to cut fish for a while. You're not. Gonna, I'm not going to put them in there. But you're going to learn to help people. You're going to learn to unhook fish. And I think if you if if you really want to, and you're in that environment, you're just going to learn. That's it. And is it that way? I know it's that way with you. Do you find that it's that way with maybe a lot of the the owner operators that are that are on the the docks today? A lot of the operators don't allow pinheads because of insurance reasons. Yeah, you know, last some of the laws don't want kids on that to work if they're young. <laughs> if they're too young, they think you know that's not good for them, and they're too afraid of what might happen to them uh, on the boats. It's it's changed dramatically, unfortunately. Uh, not good for the kids because a lot of young guys would love to go out there and do that again. Yeah, oh yeah. And especially when you uh, you look at a season like, you know, we're in the early part of the season and we might be in a, in a season that will go on through October and November. Oh, yeah. I mean, these, guys, they, these skippers go through a lot of people. They need a lot of people on the boat because you can't run – uh, you know, your crew uh, on a 24-7 day schedule, uh, you, you need to shuffle in some new people. You bet. I do, a, I do a local day boat, so I don't do overnight anymore. But it's hard to find crew. It's like it's so hard to find crew, you know. 
there's lots of things they got to take a drug test. They got to do all kinds of stuff to be involved. You know, there's a lot involved, and it just makes them a better person. They just, I think the number one thing is they learn to be streetwise. They get to leap, get to read people, and that's something. They're sitting at home playing a Game Boy. They're not going to learn to read people. I, I, you know, another thing, it used to be in, in your, you know, beginning era. The pinheads would all ride their bicycles down to the landings. Who the heck rides a bicycle to go to the landing now? <laughs> I, used to ride our bi- I used to ride my bike down to the Redondo Pier and just lean it up next to Red's Bait and Tackle and never even worried about locking it. That's uh, exactly correct. We used to, And then you could, you'd could you run out on the breakwater and catch Bonita on spinning rods all day long, and then your bike would still be there. Yeah, you couldn't do that now. You know, I, I, I know uh, Jack is listening, but we used to ride our bicycles from the in San Fernando Valley all the way out to the Santa Monica Pier or sometimes down to the Malibu Pier, you know, just to, to get out there and do it. So, you know, yeah. Times have changed. It's just the way it is. You know, I, I, I love my pinheads. I love teaching kids, and I'm a good teacher, and I got a lot of patience, and it's, it's fun, you know. Like yesterday, I had one of my pinheads have a casualty with a big halibut. Well, that can happen. Halibut are hard fish to catch, man. They're not all—they're hard to find, they're hard to land, and everybody's got a horror story about a halibut. But he—I figured he could do it because he gapped a lot of yellowtails. But he gapped it last year, and I mean yesterday, and when he put the lifter over the rail, it fell off the gap, and you can imagine what happened. Oh man, that happens, you know. They're hard fish. You know, I got to tell you, my—I started out running around at Malibu Pier, and then ended up, you know, getting a job where I could. Help the the uh, the boat go back and forth to the Star Malibu, the the barge out there. And then yeah. got a chance to work on the barge and fish while you're out there and meet the people and learn how to catch yellowtail first thing right under the boat in the morning on a mackerel, and then how to fish the heads of the bonita for the bonita shark or the mako sharks that are out there. How to catch that 10 pound to 12 pound bonita on on light line. That was the best thing in the world to learn right. how to catch big fish. But that's an experience that. Man, how to, how to rig different rods from all the different people. And then when you graduate and go to the boat, you're right, Lonnie. When you learn how to deal with people and and how to how to treat people and get them to work with you, that was the best experience a guy could have. Uh, uh, yeah, that's it. And you learn. You just, you know, you just become a people person, and that just gives you a step on everybody else, I think. Hey, we are with Captain Ron Baker. We're talking a little bit about, yeah, how to break into the fishing business. If you come you see are, me. You're interested. <laughs> That's right. You know, you, you, we, you know, we all started somewhere. We found out where Captain Ron started. We're going to get into a little bit more about some of the adventures of Captain Ron because uh, he's got uh, many dimensions to him. You're, you're listening to Ron Real Radio on AM540 or at ronrealradio.com. Stay tuned. There's a lot more to come. We'll be back after these messages. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter-day, full- and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. 
Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and to secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is un equaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. And we want to welcome all of our listeners back to Rod Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's here tonight. So is Wendy Toshihara, a special guest for this hour, Captain Ron Baker. You know, you know, Stan, Wendy, and I, we kind of broke our, you know, our teeth, uh, you know, in with Captain Ron. But Captain Ron, you've done a lot of other things oh, besides yeah. just be uh, been a sports fishing captain because. Oh, yeah. You've been up and down the coast. I have been. I've been all up and down the coast. Fished all the way up to a place they call the golf course up by Graham Island, up in, up off the west end of Vancouver Island. Fishing. I fished Albacore with a bait boat for 17 years for Chicken of the Sea. So I think it was 83. I was the number one domestic producer of Albacore for Chicken of the Sea. All the big tuna boats stayed on a tuna bite down in Mexico. So, and we had a good year that year. I think I had 168 tons or something. I went to the big banquet at the Hotel Dell, and I got called, and I couldn't believe I won. You know, but yeah. Was that? It was that. Were you saning at that? No, time? I had a bait boat. I was catching them all on bamboo poles. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I've done a few of that. Hey, Stan, did you see that Facebook picture that John put on with that big bass? Yes. Okay, let me tell you something. You remember that? You remember that tournament because I never. Because I was I, I fished with Herman De La Garza, and I was in the double A pro teams event yep. down here. We fished. Well, I was out spoon plugging in the middle of the lake, and I was just telling John, and I caught that fish. And then a little bit later, uh, Grover and Frank Moran pulled up to the boat, and they said, well, how are you doing out here? I said, well, we got two fish, and I got one real big one. Oh, yeah, let me see it. No, I ain't pulling it out of the tank. It's in the live well. You're going to have to see it at the dock. He said, how big is it? I said, it's a good one, man. It is a good one. Oh, my God. I got to the weigh-in. Here is Grover at the end of the dock. 
couldn't wait to see that. John handed me the oil bag, put it full of water. I reached in there and pulled that fish out of there. Oh, my God. You should have seen Grover. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You really do got a good one. Yeah, I weighed that thing in and got big fish and won $1,900 on that fish. And we got second place in the tournament. You know, uh, Captain Ron, you know, you always think about Captain Ron as a saltwater fisherman, but way back when, there was a time when I started running tournaments, it was with ABA, and I, that tournament was probably in, oh, 96 to 98, we were fishing at that time on Lake San Vicente, and it was during the winter months, and, you know, we didn't know a lot about suspended fish the way we know now and how to catch them and everything like that. We Most all of us were bank fishermen, and that was, you know, between the months of November and February, trying to catch fish at San Vicente, even though it was one of the premier lakes even at that time around, was tough. Tough. And Captain Ron came and fished that uh, event with us. And if you go to Ron Real Radio on Facebook, there's a picture of Captain Ron and I together with that fish. Yeah, that's great. And not only that, that fish cashed in pretty well that oh, day. Actually, yeah, it was great. You know, it was, yeah. And I, you know where I got the dope on that fish was from Irv Grisbeck. Irv, oh my gosh. Irv Grixbeck gave me the dope on that fish because he said he was fishing shad balls out in 130 feet of water in the middle of the lake. So I went out there because we were beating shore all day. and we only, I think we had one little fish, and it was tough. I said, let's go out and try that, and we did. You know, We caught a, that fish, and we had a five-pounder, and we had a, another one about two pounds, and that was our tournament. Came in second to David Noller, who won it and had five fish. And lots of guys never even got a bite that well, day. See, there's a lot of guys, Ronnie, that are afraid to even jump into the tournaments and even try. But you you went in head first and did okay. I'm proud of you. <laughs> well, you didn't have to convince me to go fishing. Well, I you, know. <laughs> you had a good partner, too. In fact, I just saw him yesterday fishing the El Cajon Ford team event at uh, Lake El Capitan, Herman De La Garza. Yeah. I For, see him once in a while. Yeah, he's, he's still around. Now, Ronnie... Uh, Let's, uh, first of all, let me talk uh, about the elephant that's actually in the room. A lot of us for many years saw you struggling with arthritis and everything. You talked a little bit about it, and you've seemed to be re-energized, revitalized. What's happened? Well, I I went to the doctor and got got this. I was having trouble with my hips. I couldn't, I got to where I couldn't sleep at night. It was like having ice picks in my hips. I couldn't lay on one side or the other. And you're running a sport boat, you better get some sleep. If you can't get at least four or five hours a night, you're done. I was just a sinking ship. So I went to the doctor. Not only that, uh, you were really afraid that, you know, with all the years that you've spent as a captain, that when it came up for renewal of your captain's license, uh, you might not be able to make the grade. Well, that happened that one year. Before I got my operation, I... I had a hard time doing an agility test, and one of the local fishing, one of the Coast Guard doctors, um, just threw me kind of threw me a bone and said, "You know what, Ron? I'm not going to be the guy that tells you you can't pass, so I'm going to pass you." So then I went and got checked out, and they said I had this, I had this thing called Navy hip that I had this osteoarthritis in my hips. I said, "Navy hip? Why do you call it Navy hip? Because we see it from Navy guys." I said, well, you're not going to call mine Navy. You're going to call mine Fisherman Hip. He said, well, we don't see any fishermen. I said, well, you saw me. Put mine on there, Navy Hip slash Fisherman's Hip. So <laughs> that's what I told that Dr. Kwan, who was just a great doctor. And I did the left one, and I rehabbed it for four months, and then I went fishing. I wasn't 100%. I couldn't get around too good, but I did all right. And then I had the right one done, and that was a harder one, and... 
I got that one all done. And it's, it's good. I, they're, I, I'm actually pain-free. I get around good. I sleep all night. I, I was using a cane because I had this fear about falling and knocking it out like a ball joint on a car. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I made a mistake of looking at the video on YouTube, what you got to do if you get one knocked out. That was a mistake. I should have never looked at that. It scared, <laughs> scared me to death. So I threw my here about three months ago. I threw my cane away. I don't even use it. I, I and I and I usually park down by Pizza Nova, down past Fisherman. So I get that morning walk. I walk out on the pier. I, yesterday I was out there in sloppy weather. My hips did good. My back been bothering me because I got into that car accident out in Hemet, laid back, piled into us. And, well, but let's yeah. talk. Let's talk about yeah. now because we talked about this a little bit before we went on the air. One of the things that you've always been known for is taking young fishermen, whether it's at Lake Poway or on the Crystal Pier or wherever it may be, and introducing them to fishing and teaching them to fishing. And now you're getting this opportunity to do this again uh, out of Point Loma sports fishing on the Point Loma. And you're welcoming not only the pinheads, but the first-time fishermen and introducing them into great fishing. Yeah, that's, that's as good as it gets, you know. I remember Stan and I, we did a tournament at Irvine Lake, and that was a barn bird, the best tournament they ever had. Remember we that? had oh 900 God. and some kids show up. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. But you want to know, what was it? we did this tournament, right? We were doing, I had this vision of doing tournaments, so I started at Poway with my first tournament. And we did them at Laguna Niguel. We did four or five a year for, we did them down at oh, what, that town by Long Beach down there. We did one there, and we did them all over, you know. But with the next year, when we went back to the Irvine to see if they wanted to do another tournament, because it was kind of a spur of the moment deal. You remember what they told us, Stan? May he rest in peace. He says, "Well, we're we're going to go with Ronnie Kovacs." Yep. Said, what? Yeah, oh yeah, we're gonna, Ronnie Kovacs is going to do the tournament this year. Said, okay. I just could not believe that. You know, and that, I don't. Know, I hope he had a good tournament, but I just. That was a great one we put on. I don't know how many hot dogs we cooked. We had to go back to the store and get more buns. I know my <laughs> wife ran to Costco and got every hot dog she, and every bun she could buy because we were, we were running out real fast. Oh, my uh, God. And then came back. But we had we had a bunch of the guys from the bass fishing community that helped us with the kids and helped us with cooking. I mean, it was it, we had no idea we were going to have that kind of response. Oh, yeah. You know, San Diego Rotten Reel Club. They've cooked for Lake Poway. They cooked the hot dogs at Lake Poway and the oh, yeah. hot dogs on the Crystal Pier. Um, they cooked for Lake Poway now for 18 years. Holy you know, we had the weird thing was, Ronnie, we had enough stuff that we gave every kid something they came. Yeah, well, that's the way it works. That's the way, that's the way it is at our tournament. You know, yep. it used to be we used to have tables and tables full of donated stuff. Those days are gone. Yep. So I just, you know, thanks to Paul Leader and thanks to Frank Lepresti and Friends of Rollo and all those guys that stepped right up to the plate. When I went to ask Frank, I told him that I, I couldn't get a grant this year because those funds went away. Could you give us a hand? And Frank said, I never th- thought you'd ever ask me. He said, for all these years, you've just done it on your own. I can't believe it. Yeah, I'll help you. What do you need? And I asked him. He said, you wrote me a check. Paul Leader is the same way. Wow. Here's, a, here's an apropos response here for, for Captain Ron. I just got a text. You ready for this, Ronnie? Okay. From Rich from Tahunga, Rich oh Lingor. Hey Ronnie, say hi to Ronnie and thanks for being a factor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, 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 I think we did like f- 523 radio shows, and I think we ended every show with take a kid fishing. Oh yeah, 
Sure. You know, I have to say, um, when we were doing a radio show, Ron had started off so many kids' fishing events, like even the Mile Square Park event. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, helping out with the uh, Huntington Beach Pier, the Huck, uh, what would we call it, the Huck Finn, Becky Thatcher, and we had yeah, the contest. Uh, that was a thing on the pier. Byron Belvick, was, that was the first time he, he went fishing, was on the pier in the Huck Finn thing. He even came out to help us. Yeah, he won that tournament when he was a kid, and when he he was on our, our bass report because he had won Lake Mead or something, and we told him we had a tournament. He said, I'm coming out. And he came out and helped the kids. God, wasn't that something? I know. It just shows to go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Well, Ronnie, well, now, you know, what we're talking about, you've taken this. You're you're doing the point of the woman now, and now you're having the first-timers come on out, what we refer to sometimes as the, the rod renters that come on out. You're teaching them how to do that. Not only are you teaching them how to fish on a sports fishing boat so that they can feel more comfortable graduating to three-quarter overnight oh, yeah. or multi-day trips, and, and you're, you're just not babysitting these people. You're teaching them oh, yeah. some, how to catch some really nice fish. The trick there. Is, I know it's hard on some of the half-day boats because you have so many people, but you got to get everybody rigged up properly. Presentation is everything. I don't care what it is. got to be rigged up right. You know, If they come out, we rig all the rods. Like if I go down and fish halibut, I fish I fish with kamigatsu hooks, which totally totally changed the whole industry when, as far as the hook hooks are. Have you seen those new little ringed hooks, Stan? Oh, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. I've been I, fishing them. I had a seminar to... to for a Kamigatsu at the Del Mar show, and I couldn't believe it. Those ringed hooks were just the po- most popular thing, you know. And then just all those hooks, they're all light wire. They don't break. They don't bend. They just work. they just so sharp. You can't get one out of the bag without poking your finger. Well, especially, <laughs> especially now where it looks like we're getting back in uh, to a cycle where we're getting the anchovies. Those hooks for anchovies, if you are still looking at catching big fish, yeah. They're the way to go. You know who turned me on to those thin wire hooks? No. Dino. Dino was using that Nautilus circle hook. We would make these albacores. We'd make isoline trips, and and we would you know, she would use them. I remember one time on the Pacific Queen, she was fishing. We were fishing albacore. Well, she was using those hooks, and I, I, I said, aren't you afraid of bending them? No, they don't bend. Where'd you get them? I just thought I'd try them. They work great. I really. So I started using them, and then I realized... What a great product! They're so superior. I'm not saying the other hooks aren't bad, aren't good, but those are better. I think the reason is they're so light. Fishing a chovy, oh my God, makes so much difference in the action of the bait, you know. And if you buy one of those ringed hooks or you use a dreaded baldy knot, are you kidding me? Those that bait swims so much better, Stan. And how yep. you hook? How you hooking that bait, uh, Catamaran? Well, it depends on the application, but if you're fishing a halibut and you're drifting, you want to nose hook them. If you're going to fly line, I like to hook them down in the collar, hook them down by that bottom fin to make them go down. Okay. Especially if you have a lot of birds around, you wouldn't want one laying on the top, bird will get it, you know, so, yeah. It, there's, presentation is everything, you know, look at look at what you do, you know, and I tell people, when you're on a boat and you see somebody getting them, walk over there and look what you're doing. Right. Check yeah. out. Stan? Yep, that's exactly, I mean, that's how I learned a lot of the fishing when I was just a, you know, the penhead guy on the boat or when I was running around on the boat, you know, 12 years old and, and 
actually, I watched three Japanese fishermen. They helped me more than anybody. Uh, here, here's how you rig it. They didn't say it. They just showed me because they didn't speak a whole lot of English. But the little little things make a big difference. I show. I've been showing guys how to tie the uh, uh, the your your fluorocarbon to your your mono with a cigar knot, and then leave the lower tag. Uh, hanging out a little bit, and put your crimp on sinkers on that lower tag, and it'll kill your bait, especially for fishing in your anchovies. Uh, and with that little gummy, little gummy number two or even number four hook, yeah, uh, amazing. Now Great. that works really, really well. One, you can you can put three or four split shots on that and cast an anchovy, oh, but yeah. it's that way your split shot's not crimped onto your line. Oh yeah, good idea. That's a great tip. Yeah. Right there. You know, Captain Ron, sometimes people think of the half-day boats as being the uh, red-haired, freckled-faced kid of the sports fishing group that you're just going out there to kind of scratch the bottom, get whatever you can. And if you get something, you're lucky, and maybe you'll hit some mackerel or something like that. But you have taken half-day fishing, and you have elevated it to a new high because of one particular species that you really – have become an expert on catching, and that is well, I caught a lot of halibut, you know, and I went to it for them yesterday. But we, we, they're there, but the conditions were wrong. I tell you what, I saw the biggest mass of bait, of anchovies. Right now, they got big fat anchovies in their receivers at, down at, at Irvingham's in San Diego and Mission Bay. Big fat anchovies, and they're, they're all down there. There was just there was like about a half a mile color spot stand, nothing but chovies, and, and barracuda were all over it. So we're gonna have a great spring here, you know. I, I'm running a local three quarter day. It's 85 bucks. You don't need any passport. All you need is a fishing license and go fishing. So it leaves at six six thirty in the morning. Gets back between four thirty and six, depending on what I'm doing. And, all good. Hey, uh, we're going to take a break right now. We're speaking with Captain Ron Baker, and Captain Ron is skippering the, the Point Loma out of uh, Point Loma Sports Fishing. We're going to talk about halibut fishing and maybe how we can increase your chance of getting a flatty. Stay tuned. Stan, Winnie, and John will be back with more Ron Real Radio after these messages. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of Movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity. We have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to HM Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619 222 1144. You can also follow us on Facebook. Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. 
Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, welcome to Rod Reel Radio. Along with Stan, Wendy, and myself, our special guest this hour is Captain Ron Baker. And, yeah, we've been traveling down memory lane and finding uh, out about some of the dynamic things that uh, Captain Ron has done in his lifetime. But one of the things that he's really excited about now is running half days out of Point Loma Sports Fishing on the Point Loma and introducing new fishermen, not only the sport of fishing, but how to go out there and really catch some desirable fish. And, yeah. and that's the halibut. Well, there's a lot of fish that if you get if you're rigged up right, you can get them. And I do a, mainly my my run right now is a three quarter day, leaving at six thirty. But I do have a couple of half days coming up this week because our half day boat, the daily double, is chartered, and so I kind we kind of fill in, you know. And there's great half day boats. They got the Dolphin. Jason does a good job. We got RJ up there on this new Seaforth out of Mission Bay. Those guys get around, man. Those guys catch a lot of fish. And uh, last year, last year we had a phenomenal yellowtail bite down outside the pier at Imperial Beach on that real hard ridge, and it was what made it so special is that the rent rods could catch them. It wasn't someplace if you if you couldn't throw the iron, you weren't going to get them. If you couldn't fly the line, you were done. No, they were biting dropper loops, and I figured it out that the trick was with a full boat. If we were fishing 75 feet of water, but I was using eight ounce weights because Ooh. what would happen is that. The sardines would tank, would swim around, pull the weights around, and it would actually tangle the boat up. So we we put bowling balls on there for weights. And... <laughs> no, but really, Stan, those fish no, would come. No, no, it makes sense because everybody drags straight that way. Yeah. yeah and then and every, when you every... run over one of those halibut, he's going to turn around and eat what's behind it. Yeah, but that but there was a lot of yellowtail fishing on that ridge, you know, and I would take oh. everybody from the bait tank back, could fly line or use it. A lighter weight. If you're from the bait tank forward, you're going to use a six or an eight ounce weight because you put everybody down with rose knots and 
big hooks and and you know with sardines they're gonna everybody's gonna come up tangled so I had to kind of control the baits but uh, yeah you know but, well, you know everyone's become uh, yellowtail crazy in fact some people now are actually referring to yellowtail like we used to refer to Benito uh, a few years ago that yeah they're fun to catch but who wants to catch them there's so many of them out there but even before the yellowtail were here you got a special commendation for going out for the fish you were catching. Tell yeah, well, that's right. I, I was doing a calico twilight trip. Oh, my God. I'm fishing up there in Point Loma. is unbelievable from when the boats go home till dark. I did that. That was fun. And what it did is it brought all the bass guys out. The bat calico guys, they come, they go on a half day, but really all they want to do is just throw their junk in the weeds and catch bass. That's it. It's a whole new breed. That day, the day where we used to have the locals come, he the sculpin guys would come. You were catching sculpin man. The boat would be loaded with sculpin guys, and you have your locals and your regulars. We still do, but it's not the same as it used to be. We used to have the barracuda guys. In fact, you know what I did last year? We had a good run of barracuda stand. I got my old hex heads out and blue feathers and my beach and wire and my, one of my big long sticks. I jigged a few up, man. For, just for a little herb curly and the like boys that. on the horseshoe. Yeah, but you you had gotten a citation for catching. Halibut one year. Tell I, us about that. I got, I, yeah, I was at the, I was at the, the Fred Hall show, and Chad came up to me from ForbesReport.com. He said, you know, you got an award coming. I said, you, I do. He said, yeah, you caught the most halibut from San Francisco South. Are you kidding me? He says, yeah, you caught 332. I'm like, God, I caught that many? Yeah, you get the award. I, oh my God, I was so proud of that award. Oh, are you kidding me? That'd be like catching a mermaid's. To get a halibut award, catch the most halibut. And usually the guy up at Channel Islands uh, fishes, uh, what's it, the, the Mirage, catches all those halibut up there at Santa Cruz and Santa Rosa. And that's, a, that's a lot of halibut up there. You know, I used to fish him with Helgen. We used to have 100 fish days. But to be able to put San Diego on the map for halibut, that was pretty special. Well, not only that, but you, I think you also ran one year a special jackpot for the entire season. When it came to the biggest halibut that was caught on your boat, that was out. out yeah, that was out of, out of Oceanside. There was, there was quite a few. In fact, there was a lot of good derbies that used to be around the Shinley. Remember the Shinley Derby stand? Oh heck yeah! Oh my God, why don't we do those anymore? Well, you know, we've got good uh, question. You got John Campbell that has tried to resurrect the Yellowtail Derby, not quite the same way that it was back in the '60s and '70s, but you know, there is that coming on back and. Yeah, I just don't know why the uh, the landings or the skippers or whatever's don't get together well, and do that. Dana Point had a great halibut derby, and then uh, I remember days in the Yellowtail Derby. We used to go out and fish the Yellowtail. There'd be 50 boats anchored at Pukey Point. Remember those days, Stan? Oh yeah. Oh, my God, whatever happened to that? It was a beautiful tournament. We don't do that anymore. Well, that's just that, part of you know, the, as life goes on, it, it got more and more difficult. The people. It, for some reason, almost didn't want you to go. I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know what it is. I, was, I remember I won. I was fishing on the Avalunga, and I got the biggest yellowtail of the week, and I won some kind of, I don't know what I won. Boy, you know, you know, Stan, and to show you, and and, and Wendy and uh, Captain Ron, to show you how that goes, H&M Landing is running a big fish derby out of H&M Landing. It's a one-day derby. I think it's like uh, June the 25th. It's 12 boats or maybe 13 boats now are involved in that, and they are entirely sold out for that day. Everyone wants to get into the derby. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. You know, we need that excitement. We need, we need to, we, yeah, we need to get it going. Let's do it. 
Hey, uh, Ron, in, in the short time we have, tell us maybe your favorite rig or your favorite way to catch big halibut or any halibut. Well, I like I like to fish fish it on cobblestones. I like to fish them around the rocks on cobblestones because they lay their eggs on the rocks. People think because they lay their eggs, uh, they catch them along the beach. Oh, they do. They're in there because they're eating. But when it comes time for playtime, that's where they spawn is with, around the kill. How many times have you been fishing on a half-day boat and someone winds a big halibut up in a bow? Oh. Because that's where they always, come on, always. So that's where they live. And so I kind of figured that out, and that cobblestone is perfect, you know. And then you got to have the right rig. You can't use a regular slider like everybody else, so maybe a slider with a Carolina keeper. You can't do it because you'll hang up in the rocks. you got to use a four- or six-ounce weight on the bottom and then up about eight to 12 inches. You got a loop, and then I use a piece of Iserline fluorocarbon. I use a Kamigatsu hook, and those hook them. Just seems to work. It just that's the, that's the rig. You it know, if if anyone anyone has ever gone diving off of our local coast and gone diving in the kelp, the first thing that they know is that the kelp does not grow in sandy flat bottoms. They grow. Where there is structure, where there is cobblestone, where there's rock. Hard bottom. Well, but, yeah, Hard but bottom. see, and usually you'll catch them. I figure you usually catch them on the down lee side of the kelp. They lay in. A, they like to lay in the shade. They just you know. And when I when that first year when I caught them, I found them stacked up. And, I mean, I I think one day we had like 29 or something on a boat. You know, that's a, and we used to get big days up at Channel Islands. That's Cal, the capital of the world, but. For San Diego, it gets 29 halibut in one day. That's a lot of halibut, you know? Wow. And my biggest one was 54 pounds. For California halibut? Yeah, oh, yeah, it was a big one. There's some big fish around. But the one we had yesterday was way over 30. I can tell you there's. I had a lot of fish in the 30 to 40-pound class. Those are beautiful fish. Now, what, what advice can you give any of our listeners, uh, Cat Ron, that maybe want to use artificials for halibut? That was the hot thing. The second year, we didn't have anchovies. We had sardines. And it was tough because I had to literally rig all my rent rods up with traps, and I hate that. Oh, my God. I had to put a treble hook on there. Imagine a whole boatload of rent rods with treble hooks. Oh, my God. And it was hard because it was it was with a sardine that fish would bite it and people would jerk it out of their mouth. And guys, I didn't like using them. So we started fishing plastics. But do you know what the real hot bait was? The hot bait. You remember Eddie Lopez's uh, spinner baits there, Wendy? Hello, Wendy. Yeah, I remember those. Oh, yeah. Okay. Coast, uh, Coast Baits, I think, yeah. was Eddie's brand yeah, at Coast the time. Yeah, but and then he was out of Ventura? Or... Yeah, he was out of Ventura, and yeah. one day I took some. I had some of them. I took some, and I used a spinnerbait with a Colorado blade with a Cody, Cody swimbait tail with a pearlescent belly on that thing. Fish it slow, thump, 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 thump. Man, I'm halibut. I eat spinnerbaits like you can't imagine. They really and that was a great spinner bait because it had a 52 gauge wire with a twist, yeah, so it didn't I, bend open. Yeah, it was those baits were good. Is Eddie still in business? Uh, no, he's actually farming up in Oregon. Yeah. So, why why a Colorado blade as opposed to a, a willow blade or? Because you can fish it so much slower and keep it deeper. Willow blade, you got to crank it to make it spin. Colorado blade, thump, thump. You feel your rod just going thump, 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 thump. And, boy, they bit them, man. They, the halibut likes that kind of stuff. They're a vicious, they're a predator fish. They got a mouthful of teeth and a tail that's got power like you can't believe. And uh, they they got to be the boss down there on the bottom. They got to be, you know. And all the ones we caught, we cleaned them all, and they had just literally everything from clams to 
sea urchins to every kind of little rockfish and perch and lizard fish and they eat everything. Well, that mouth of teeth like they got, don't put your finger in their mouth. Woo-hoo, that'd be a mistake. Well, fishing them on bait, though, I mean, they don't necessarily sometimes just take the bait and run. Sometimes they play with it. Tell us about Well, they do, but let me tell you. when you, They do, but let me tell you. When you're fishing with a red rod, I don't talk about the finesse part. I tell the people, really soft drag. I set all the drags really soft. I mean, softer than you would even imagine. And when the rod bends, just with those Kamigatsu circle hooks and those live bait hooks with a little curvy twist to them, just turn the handle and you got them. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't need to, you know, this finesse and all that stuff. Well, maybe, but you know what? I just tell the people, just check the bottom, know where you're at, and when your line gets too stretched out, wind it in and put a new bait on. Well, Captain Ron, if someone <laughs> wants to go out on a halibut trip with you, how's the best way to go? Well, I run, I run every day. The boat's online every day. It leaves at 6.30 in the morning, maybe quarter to 7.00. And the boat is what? Fishing vessel Point Loma. It's called Point Loma Sport Fishing in San Diego. And we'll go see what we can do. I was down there yesterday, but it was too rough. It was it was a major Catalina eddy. And uh, I just finally, after making four drifts, and we caught one big one that we lost and one short, I just I realized that it was not in the cards. I just I couldn't I couldn't set up. I couldn't see where the kelp was. I just and everything changes. So the numbers that I had from a few years ago. Where I fish wasn't really any good anymore because the kelp changes down there, you know. It's a big area. And plus it was blowing, you know. And I got in that accident. My back was killing me. And I was just, so I went out and fished rock cod and sculpting. We, it was a slow day. It was, you know what, you know what, Stan? Most of the time when you got a, a southerly wind in the spring, not the beach doesn't bite. The only thing that really bites, the only thing that really bites good in the spring when the wind's blowing south is sand bass. When they're schooled up and spawning, and you sonar up a night school, I don't care what the ter- surface temperature and uh, I mean the, the ocean conditions are. When those things are, those things will beat the bottom of the boat out. But that's about the only thing. Any resident fish, when that wind's going different, it's just not the same. We haven't had the sand bass though, like we've had past years. Is that cyclical? Is it? There well, being something else is happening. I bet it's, or what? Well, you know, we we didn't really have them like we we used to have them above the border, but we used to just knock them down Rosarita and sure. below the border, below the bull ring, down that way. But nobody goes there anymore because you got to have a passport, you got to have a visa, you got to. It's just that hey, visa. It, we say, yeah. They they're all the way up in Santa Barbara. Cool. Well. Yeah, they guys are catching them in Santa Barbara. I mean, they're. They're making bait, and on their sabikis, they're catching sanda. Yeah, well, that's, I wouldn't believe it. They, used to, they go up and down the coast, but the, actually the biggest schools that I ever saw on sand bass was off of Huntington Beach when I was running the Navy Sun oh, yeah. for Steve. Oh, my God, that would get crazy. Well, guys. Remember the days when they used to be stacked? Oh, my God. Sometimes sometimes the boats would be so close together, you'd almost have to put bumper balls out. <laughs> no, really. Captain Ron, we got to thank you for being with us. Our time has come to an end for uh-huh. tonight, but we've had a great time talking with you. Yeah, we got to quit having fun, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Wendy, it's been great hearing Don't from you, Stan. It. Thanks a lot for bringing those guests on. We just uh, had a great show tonight. Yeah. No it's, problem. Next week we're going to talk about Big Fish at Crowley Lake and the guys who caught them for our 30-second annual trip up to uh, – Crowley for the fatted, your finest annual trout invitational tournament. Hey, it's going to be Father's Day, but we'll have a, a live show also. Justin Lukaitis is going to be with us to talk about 
They had 106 boats at the Spro Only Frog Tournament at Havasu. We're going to talk about that. And who knows, there's a heck of a lot more. Captain Ron, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thank you. You know what, Stan? I'll never forget when I told you I won big fish at that tournament how much you laughed in the studio that night. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Well, you, are you kidding? I was on your team, dude. <laughs> Little did we know, uh, you know, uh, 17, 18 years later, we'd still be laughing. Yeah, that was great. That picture picture brought so many memories back. I was like, oh, my God. Hey, everyone, that's it for tonight. We want to thank Jorge and the AM540 Studios, Ben Harvey, our local guy, and always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McEwen, who left us this great heritage, which is Ron Real Radio. But you, the listeners, without you, we couldn't do this. So on behalf of Stan, Wendy, and all the gang, you guys have a great night. Go out there and get them. As, as, uh, yeah, one take, more. Take a kid fishing. Take a kid fishing. Every show ended with that. 324 shows. Take All a kid right. fishing. Good night, everyone. We're we'll Sea on the Water. We're out for now. Good night.